Honorary Trust. An honorary trust, under the law of trusts, is a device by which a person establishes a trust for which there is neither a charitable purpose, nor a private beneficiary to enforce the trust. While such a trust would normally be void for lack of a beneficiary, many jurisdictions have carved out two specific exceptions to this rule, trust for the care of that person's pets, and trust to provide for the maintenance of cemetery plots. The name of the device derives from the lack of any beneficiary legally capable of enforcing an honorary trust, the trustee is bound by honor, but not by law, to carry out the wishes of the creator of the trust. Like many states, New York has only recently allowed such trusts by statute. Asset Protection Trust An asset protection trust is a form of trust which provides for funds to be held on a discretionary basis. Such trusts are set up in an attempt to avoid or mitigate the effects of taxation, divorce and bankruptcy on the beneficiary. Such trusts are therefore frequently proscribed or limited in their effects by governments and the courts. The Asset Protection Trust is a trust that splits the beneficial enjoyment of trust assets from their legal ownership. The beneficiaries of a trust are the beneficial owners of equitable interests in the trust assets, but they do not hold legal title to the assets. Thus this kind of trust fulfills the goal of asset protection planning, for example to insulate assets from claims of creditors without concealment or tax evasion. A creditor's ability to satisfy a judgment against a beneficiary's interest in a trust is limited to the beneficiary's interest in such trust. Consequently, the common goal of asset protection trusts is to limit the interests of beneficiaries in such a way so as to preclude creditors from collecting against trust assets. Such trusts must be irrevocable, a revocable trust will not provide asset protection because and to the extent of the settler's power to revoke. Most of them contain a spendthrift clause preventing a trust beneficiary from alienating his or her expected interest in favor of a creditor. The spendthrift clause has three general exceptions to the protection afforded, the self-settled trusts, if the settler of a trust is also a beneficiary of a trust, the case when a debtor is the sole beneficiary and the sole trustee of a trust, and the support payments, a court may order the trustee to satisfy a beneficiary's support obligation to a former spouse or minor child. The first general exception, which accounts for the majority of asset protection trusts, no longer applies in several jurisdictions. The laws of certain jurisdictions including Alaska, Bermuda, and the Cayman Islands allow self-settled trusts to afford their settlers the protection of the spendthrift clause. History of Trusts Trusts were developed at common law in England originally to minimize the impact of inheritance taxes arising from transfers at death. The essence of the trust was to separate legal title, which was given to someone to hold as trustee, from equitable title, which was to be retained by the trust beneficiaries. In the United States and England, a practice developed whereby trust settlers began to use spendthrift clauses to prevent trust beneficiaries from alienating their beneficial interests to creditors. Over time, courts were asked to determine the efficacy of spendthrift clauses as against the trust beneficiaries seeking to engage in such assignments, and the creditors of those beneficiaries seeking to reach trust assets. A case law doctrine developed whereby courts may generally recognize the efficacy of spendthrift clauses as against trust beneficiaries and their creditors, but not against creditors of a settler. Domestic Asset Protection Trust Alaska was the first U.S. jurisdiction to enact laws allowing protection for self-settled trusts, in 1997, and was shortly followed by Delaware, Nevada, South Dakota and a few others. These trusts are known as Domestic Asset Protection Trusts, DAPs. Usually, a DAP must comply with the following requirements. 
The trust must be irrevocable and spendthrift. At least one resident trustee must be appointed. Some administration of the trust must be conducted in respective state, and the settler cannot act as a trustee. Trusts are generally governed by the laws of the jurisdiction that is designated by the settler as the governing jurisdiction. There are two exceptions to the general rule, which may create conflicts of law. 1. States will not recognize laws of sister states that violate their own public policy, and, 2. If the trust owns real property, such property will be governed by the law of jurisdiction that is the property see choose. Additionally, the full faith and credit clause of the Constitution provides that each state must give full faith and credit to the laws of every other state. This means that if a court from another state refuses to recognize the protection of a debt and enters a judgment for the creditor, the creditor may be able to enforce the judgment against the trustee of the debt, even if that trustee was located in the debt jurisdiction. The efficacy of a debt may also be challenged under the Supremacy Clause of the U.S. Constitution, under the applicable Fraudulent Transfer Statute, or because the settler retained some prohibited control over the trust. These jurisdictions are also known as United States Asset Protection Trusts, USAPs, from the point of view of the non-U.S. settlers. The issues that would seem to apply on a USAP established by a non-U.S. settler are, 1. Whether a non-U.S. court has jurisdiction over the USAP, 2. The conflict of U.S. versus non-U.S. laws, for example, which jurisdiction's laws will apply to the trust and the protection it purports to offer, 3. Which fraudulent transfer law would apply, and 4 whether the U.S. state court will recognize the non-U.S. judgment. The context of a non-U.S. settler has a few advantages over that of a U.S. settler. The issue of the full faith and credit clause doctrine of the U.S. Constitution would not apply to a non-U.S. settler facing a non-U.S. judgment. Creditors of non-U.S. settlers would have to first obtain a judgment in their home jurisdiction, and then attempt to enforce that foreign judgment in the U.S. against the trustee of the USAPT, who was not a party to the original action. Therefore, except in unusual cases, this would mean that the only issues to litigate would be whether a fraudulent transfer has taken place, and in turn, which jurisdiction's fraudulent transfer laws would apply. Despite that, the non-U.S. creditor must still seek to first have the foreign judgment recognized, because without formal legal acknowledgement of the judgment in the U.S. court, there would be no basis on which to question the transfer. U.S. Jurisdictions South Dakota South Dakota was one of the first states, 1983, to allow a trust to endure perpetually, essentially jumping outside the onerous federal transfer, gift, estate and generation skipping, tax system theoretically forever. Currently, 24 other states have joined the ranks of offering a long-term trust. 19 of these states, including South Dakota, allow a trust to continue in perpetuity. South Dakota does not impose any form of state taxation on the assets that comprise a trust located there. This includes, but is not limited to, no state income, capital gains, dividend or interest and or intangibles taxes. Additionally, South Dakota has the lowest insurance premium tax of any state, for example, 8 basis points or 8 one hundredths of 1%, and also offers other very favorable insurance legislation. South Dakota also has both excellent self-settled trust as well as third-party discretionary trust statutes, both allowing for domestic asset protection planning with trusts. South Dakota is the first and only state in the U.S. with a third-party discretionary trust statute for asset protection, which states that a discretionary interest in third-party trust, limited power of appointments, and remainder interests are not considered property interests. 
This statute is extremely important to property asset protect trusts set up to benefit one's family. South Dakota also has some of the top-rated asset protection statutes for LLCs and LPs based upon a powerful sole remedy charging order statute. Consequently, most of the unique and creative trust strategies for the wealthy involve trust administration in South Dakota without the necessity of having the trust's family reside there. Challenges Whether such a trust is a spendthrift trust on the U.S. model, a protective trust on the Commonwealth model or another form of discretionary trust, it is more likely to be subject to challenge under the common law doctrine of sham or under specific statutory provisions if any person setting up the trust, or their spouse and their spouse in turn is in a reciprocal trust, can benefit under its provisions. Is the person under risk financially? Benefits, whether permitted or not, from the trust, or if the person setting up the trust is at risk financially, if bankruptcy or divorce occurs soon after the establishment of the trust, fraudulent conveyance. Offshore trusts and other asset protection vehicles typically do not prevent action against the individual concerned in his or her home country. Orders under divorce and creditor protection laws can typically be made against that individual notwithstanding the alleged independence of such trustees. If a judge determines that the trust settler controls the assets of the offshore trust, the judge may order the settler to repatriate the trust assets. Failure to comply with the court's order may lead to a finding of contempt of court and imprisonment. For this reason, a properly established asset protection trust should provide a clear separation between the settler and those who exercise control over the trust assets. U.S. v. Grant The most recent case to rule on the merits of a contempt order is U.S. v. Grant. In 2005, a federal district court in Miami ordered a domestic protector of an offshore asset protection trust, under threat of contempt, to exercise her power to replace the foreign trustee with a domestic trustee chosen by the court. The ruling, U.S. v. Grant, District Court Southern Florida 2005, threatened to draw into question the viability of an asset protection trust if a domestic protector could be compelled to appoint a domestic trustee to marshal the assets and bring them within the purview of the domestic court proceedings. In May 2008, the U.S. government sought to hold the domestic protector in contempt of court for failing to secure the cooperation of the foreign trustee to resign and repatriate the trust assets. The U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida ruled against the government, finding that the domestic protector could not be held in contempt for failure to gain the cooperation of the offshore trustee. In denying the government's contempt motion, the judge observed, I understand that it has been more than two years since the repatriation order was issued and that the funds had not yet been repatriated. But this failure is not for a lack of effort. I am reluctant to fault Mrs. Grant for her trustee's denial of her request to repatriate the funds. U.S. v. Grant, 2008. For years, lawyers have vigorously debated the vulnerability of an asset protection trust with a domestic protector. The Grant case stands for the proposition that no vulnerability exists if the domestic protector complies with the court's orders. While a domestic protector may be required to make an effort to repatriate trust assets, failure to achieve repatriation should not entail any dire consequences to the trust or to the domestic protector. As long as a duress clause permits the foreign trustee to ignore the pleas of a domestic protector acting under threat of a contempt order, the selection of a domestic protector should not jeopardize the integrity of the offshore asset protection trust. While most attorneys draft trust agreements to limit the domestic protector's powers to those of a negative nature, for example, the domestic protector may veto trustee decisions, but a domestic protector cannot order a trustee to do anything, 
the ruling in Grant implies that even positive powers exercisable by a domestic protector may not jeopardize an offshore asset protection trust containing a duress clause. Whether this leads attorneys to be more cavalier in their trust drafting remains to be seen. At least we know that traditional offshore asset protection trust planning works as anticipated. Taxation. There are rigorous U.S. tax reporting requirements that apply to taxpayers who establish offshore trusts. While no additional tax is usually imposed, certain forms of asset protection trusts require full disclosure of all trust assets and activities on the U.S. contributors' tax returns. Confidentiality is usually not enjoyed under these arrangements. Most asset protection trusts established by U.S. settlers are considered grantor trusts under U.S. income tax law, meaning that all income of the trust is reportable on the grantors, for example, the settlers, individual income tax return. Asset protection trusts do not, in and of themselves, offer any tax advantages under U.S. income tax law.